Hi there and welcome to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Kieran Thomas, and I wanna thank you so much for being here and being a proactive parent and getting the resources that you need to let your child live their most fulfilling and independent life possible. When my own son was diagnosed with autism, I was told to drug him and try behavioral therapies and there was nothing else that we could do for him but manage his symptoms the rest of his life. But I didn't wanna do that. Fortunately, my background in craniosacral therapy Look, now 30 years, let me know that the brain can and does heal, but I didn't know that much about autism. What I did know is that I didn't want to just mask the symptoms with dangerous drugs. I wanted to find the causes and work with them naturally. And fast forward, it took me a decade and a lot of time and effort, but today my son is no longer diagnosable with autism after being told it could not happen. So I'm here to share with you valuable resources to save you the time and some of the expense that I had to spend to figure it out and to help you let your child lead to their best results possible. Every child's level of recovery is different, but we know that children who couldn't sleep through the night are sleeping now through the night and happily. Their immune systems are now strong where they were once sick all the time. Children who were nonverbal and their parents were told they could never speak are now speaking. Children who were getting D's and F's in school are getting A's and B's. And those that were so anxious all the time and couldn't sit still and, and were uncomfortable in their own bodies are now calm and happy and relaxed. And they're leading fulfilling and independent lives with friends. This is what we want for our kids. So I'm here to share the resources with you so that you can get the best results for your child the best possible. And you can start that right now with my free download of this top seven foods to eliminate beginning today of the top foods that are the most inflammatory and toxic that are contributing to those physical and behavioral symptoms of autism that your child is having. They're making his life uncomfortable. So you can get that right now at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash seven foods and feel free to share that with anybody you know who would be interested. And I will also link to it in today's show notes. There's of course a lot more than diet, but this is something you could start doing today that will begin to reduce those symptoms. And I'm happy to share everything I can with you. So right now, let's dive into today's episode. It is really important to know about the food you eat and how they interact with your body. Some create more sugar in the system than others naturally, and that affects what is called the glycemic index, which is the topic of today's episode. So the importance of knowing the glycemic index of your food choices is a preventative measure in your child's health and their behaviors. This will also help to prevent obesity and diabetes along with keeping their gut flora in a much better balance. Because again, those foods are affecting the gut flora, any candida or yeast overgrowth that craves sugar and the sugar that's made from those processed carbohydrates they might be eating. So we all wanna be aware of these foods. So I'm gonna go into this a little bit today. The glycemic index or the GI as it's also called is a way to measure the physiological effect that foods, various foods have on blood glucose levels. And knowing this can help you control those hunger and energy fluctuations that you get during the day by eating better choices. This becomes very easy in a short period of time to learn. Really, once you begin to learn what foods are high and which are low on the glycemic index, it starts to all fall into kind of a common sense category. 
And based on scientific data, foods have been tested to show their effect on blood glucose levels. Foods with a low GI will have less of an effect on blood sugar than foods with a high GI. The foods we eat have a direct impact on how quickly our bodies are able to digest them. And then slower digestion gives your body a chance to actually regulate the release of insulin better. I like to give the example of eating things like protein, a quality protein source, say you're going to have some organic chicken. And if you eat some of that with a little bit of organic uh, extra virgin olive oil or a little bit of coconut oil, one of the good oils, it slows that process down. And you may have heard one of my recent episodes as well on how to combine foods where if say you're going to have a little piece of chocolate, hopefully it's the high antioxidant good one, right? But if you're going to have a piece of chocolate and you have a couple of almonds with it, that helps to counteract the insulin release in the system as well. There are a lot of inexpensive pocket-sized books that are sold on the glycemic index in stores, online, you can get them everywhere. So you can start to look up categories and different foods and know where they lie on the glycemic index to start educating yourself further. In today's show notes, I'm going to give a quite an extensive list of high glycemic index foods and low glycemic index ones. I'll mention a few here, but know in the show notes, there will be more available for you to uh, to read as well. It's really worthwhile to pick up one of these books and again, learn how these different foods that you're feeding yourself and your child will really affect their blood sugar levels. If we look around at the childhood epidemic of obesity and diabetes, it's easy to see how it can be prevented by better food choices. And some foods and their glycemic index index content are listed below here again in the show notes. So I'll give those to you, but know that foods with a high GI break down really rapidly. Therefore they release glucose into the bloodstream really quickly. And this causes a rapid release of insulin which starts to weaken the body's ability to balance blood sugar levels. So it actually weakens it further over time. This also weakens the adrenal glands, which are our stress handling organs. And that then weakens the thyroid gland, which helps to regulate our hormone levels among other things. All of these things can contribute again to diabetes and obesity, hypoglycemic issues. Um, So foods again with low GI will break down more slowly, releasing glucose in the bloodstream more gradually. Lower glycemic index foods will keep you feeling full longer. They assist in weight loss by reducing those insulin levels that, and it helps you burn fat, assisting in preventing diabetes, heart disease, and some types of cancer helps prevent hypoglycemia, which again, was a, which is associated with those low blood sugar, those, those blood sugar lows you get where you feel maybe in the afternoon, you might get a headache or start feeling fatigued or have sleep problems and a lack of mental clarity. These can all be contributed to these low glucose levels. Uh, I did one episode that I'll link to in the show notes, which is hypoglycemia induced by candida. Because when we have candida or yeast overgrowths, growth in the gut, they are eating up the glucose in the body, which they take all the sugar of the body that they can. That's why your child and yourself might be craving sugars as well. Those bugs want that and they thrive on it and they need it to stay strong. So when we start removing them, those foods that they need, 
they will, um, you know, they're, they're starving out, which is what we want. But as they do that, they're also uh, starting to really pull out any of the glucose in the body and including in the brain. And the brain needs some glucose to survive. So uh, to function properly. So in the middle of the night, you might notice that you're waking up, at, your child's waking up at 3 a.m. And this can definitely be diet related. And um, because the, the glucose in the brain has been de depleted so much, the brain is actually starving for it and wakes us up to actually, as a, as a natural protective, protective way to help us eat food at that time. If your child is waking up in the middle of the night, you could try giving them you know, a, something of protein, like a, a pan, you know, a few macadamia nuts is a good choice. Something that's got some good positive fat in it and has a little bit of a protein source can help balance it. Sometimes if kids are really, really low on blood sugar, you could even give them a, a couple of berries or something like that that gives them a little bit of sugar. Um, improved blood lipid, it, it can improve the blood lipid profile. So the fat uh, to blood ratio in your body. Uh, it assists in lower cholesterol levels. It helps with the metabolic syndrome, which is insulin resistance, also known as syndrome X. Protein is really a great choice overall because it's low on the glycemic index. When we eat protein, it takes a longer time for our body to break it down. And the higher nutrient content combined with a low GI will also assist in satiation. So our body will be fed a source of food it can utilize and one that takes much longer to, to digest. This keeps us feeling full longer and it doesn't have the negative impact on our blood sugar. It's really vital to feed your children small amounts of protein throughout the day to help keep the blood sugar balanced and minimize their body's cravings for those carbohydrates which are the very food that converts into sugar and feeds, again, that candida. Foods higher on the glycemic index also have a greater likelihood of creating hyperactivity. And then you get that later, that sugar crash with the loss of energy is often an hour or two after eating a high glycemic or sugary type of consumption. Just as it's been found that uh, like a recovering alcoholic their blood sugar levels are actually off. If they eat foods lower on the glycemic index and they keep their blood sugar level, then their craving for alcohol is greatly diminished and they will have a greater chance of recovery or containing re retaining recovery. So remember to eat protein first. And when combining a high GI food and a low GI food together, be sure to eat the lower GI food first. For example, if you were eating chocolate, it would be better to eat chocolate with almonds so that the protein in the almonds would help slow down the rapid digestion of the sugars in the chocolate. Apply this rule to anything such as fruit or high carbohydrate or high GI type of foods. So eating some almonds or celery with almond butter on it at any time of day will help keep blood sugar more balanced. Eggs are a far better choice for breakfast than cereal or waffles or pancakes in the morning, which are really, really hard on the blood sugar because they're high GI foods. But especially if it's the first thing you're pot putting in your body in the morning, because then you're, you're, uh, you're, you're breaking that fast breakfast, you're breaking that fast with something that's a high sugar content. So you're, you're actually affecting that GI level much harder, more so in the morning. 
So we want to curb those cravings for the wrong things before they get a chance to affect us. So make sure you're starting your day with a low glycemic food, which is more of a protein source. The glycemic index is based on a zero as the lowest and a hundred as the high rating. So look for foods with the lowest numbers on the glycemic index rating. Artificial sweeteners, for example, also should with aspartame should never be used. They're toxic to the brain and they still do affect the glycemic index. So here's an initial example of some glycemic index index foods with some common, which we commonly use as sweeteners and they're ranking on the glycemic index. So first, the good news. Stevia, again, natural organic green leaf stevia, not the ones that have processed stuff with maltodextrin, which is bad and other things in it. You want a, a clean stevia uh, and also monk fruit. Those are two that rank zero on the glycemic index. That means they won't affect your blood sugar and they will not feed the candida in the system. Now, Stevia and monk fruit can bo both be used in many ways. Monk fruit is great as a sugar substitute in any recipe, almost one-to-one -one ratio. And you can do taste tests and get it to exactly what's, what level of sweetness you want. But um, it's, it's all natural. And these two, again, stevia and monk fruit are your top choices for any type of uh, sweetening that are natural and a zero on the glycemic index. Xylitol is another natural sweetener that ranks a seven, which is very low. Um, and it's beneficial in fighting actually candida, uh, or, I'm sorry, fighting cavities in the mouth because if, of some natural properties, properties it has that are fighting the strep mutans, which is the bacteria in the mouth. So there are some natural lollipops that are um, from drjohns.com that are also uh, you make sure you're getting the ones there that are, they don't have any food dyes in them. You know, food dyes, as we've talked about in episodes in the past here are really bad. So you want to make sure that you're not eating any food dyes. These have natural flavors, um, and natural coloring and they're made of xylitol. So if you eat a xylitol lollipop, it actually can help your teeth and your child's teeth. If the one thing with xylitol is if it's consumed in high levels, like if you used a cup of it in baking and you ate a lot of that, some people and some kids can have a little bit of some digestive disturbance. So that's the only thing I want to give you caution on, on to eating too much of it. Uh, but there uh, a little bit can actually be okay like that. We're getting higher now into things agave. People think, oh, it's natural. So it's probably great. It ranks between 15 and 30 on the uh, glycemic index. So you're actually starting to rise up there. I personally stay away from it. It's too high for me. Um, so now we're starting to get into the higher uh, GI levels here. Fructose ranks a 17. Raw honey is a 30. So it's actually pretty high up there and it actually feeds the candida. Uh, even though it's natural, it's good to stay away from, especially if you're on a candida diet where you're actually trying to starve that candida out organic sugar, even white refined table sugar. So organic sugar ranks about a 47, whereas white refined table sugar ranks 80, eight zero. Yep. Very high, right? Corn syrup ranks 75 high fructose corn syrup is an 87. You definitely want to stay away from high fructose corn syrup. It is really, really bad for multiple reasons. And I talked about that a little bit in the last episode as well. 
Um, glucose, direct glucose is, ranks 100 on the glycemic index, the absolute worst, which is right alongside of white bread, which is 100. And know that an average cola that you might drink is 70. So it's really, really high as well. The drinks are really bad because there's nothing to absorb, no fiber, no content for your body to digest, just like juice. Juice is terrible. You're, 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 it's, instead of your body having to chew on, say, a piece of fruit that you might eat and break it down and have some of the fiber in there, which helps to slightly reduce the glycemic index for that, juice is already ground up into a liquid, which is like shooting it directly into your veins almost. You definitely want, and it's very, very hard on the teeth. So I, I am a strong proponent of not drinking juice. Um, lower and better glycemic sources of protein, things like meat, beef, lamb, buffalo, pol poultry, chicken and turkey, seafood, trout, eggs, nuts. There are some good things that, that, uh, uh, that you can eat, of course. Dairy, know that dairy is much higher on the glycemic protein index due to its natural sugar content. And if you've been following me and listening to me for a while, you know that uh, dairy is out. Cow's milk is really, really bad, um, especially for children with autism, just like gluten. It's the gluten-free, gluten casein-free diet you hear of. Well, the gluten is the protein in wheat and the, the uh, casein is the protein in dairy. So they're very highly inflammatory. They create opiates in the system. They, they are harmful to the gut. They feed the bad bacteria in the body. So it really should be avoided. Cow's milk being the absolute worst. Um, so that's just important for you to understand. Um, if you haven't already gotten my free foods guide, I will link to it in today's show notes as well. But please make sure that you get it. It's at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash seven foods. It's just the number seven and foods with no space in between that it's kind of the, the top seven foods to avoid to begin reducing the glycemic issues and the inflammation in the body and, and help start healing the, allowing the gut to heal up because you're not putting damaging foods into it anymore. And in that list, in that guide, I also give you more of the reasons why and some more background on those foods. So that's free and available to you at that link. Please uh, uh, please be sure and get that if you haven't gotten it already. Some safer, lower glycemic vegetables, things like artichokes, asparagus, broccoli, celery. Um, there are some better foods to, uh, to eat for sure. Higher glycemic vegetables that should be limited are things like beets. They're really high in sugar. All kinds of potatoes. Uh, yams, carrots, corn, peas, uh, winter squash, some lower glycemic foods uh, along the lines, just a few to mention are, uh, are fruits, apples, blackberries, berries have fiber in them. So they tend to be a, a little bit better choice. Um, strawberries, again, some of these plums, but you really want to be cautious eating too much fruit because especially again, if you're back on that candida diet, you don't want to be overdoing it and feeding the candida in the gut. As I mentioned, berries are a, usually a better choice because they are lower on the glycemic fruit index due to their high fiber content. That fiber really helps to slow down the digestive process, which is actually a good thing. Allow the nutrients from the food to absorb, uh, have more chance of absorption because it's staying in the system longer before it gets to the bloodstream. 
and they're higher in antioxidants. However, you, you want to know that they're, they do, they can have phenol content in them, the higher the color, which is actually what we want, the healthy foods, blueberries, how they have that wonderful dark purple color are actually really, really good for us in many ways. But if a child which with autism is usually phenol sensitive and very, very common, if they have methylation issues, um, which are detoxification issues, which of course our children have, phenol sensitivity is something that some of these foods with the darker colors, even though they're healthy foods, our kids can sometimes have, be reactive to. So I just want to make sure I mention that real quickly. So you want to look for, you know, any, any types of increased behavioral issues by fatigue or even hyperactivity, and as well as some maybe physical signs, you know, be like an allergic type reaction, like a, you know, they might get a skin rash or something along those lines. So just be aware when you, when you feed your child something, especially if it's something new or even something you've been giving them for a while, and you notice that their, their behavior changes after they eat that food, it's very possible that they're having some type of an allergic reaction to that food. This is really, really big with the histamine issues. And I've talked about that in the past. It's something that should really, really be noted. Um, can really affect sleep, it can cause anxiety, and so many other things. Uh, again, higher glycemic fruits, bananas, grapes, honeydew melon, oranges, pineapple, papaya, raisins, dried fruit, you should definitely stay away from. They're, they're moldy. They uh, have chances of having fungus on them. And they also are much, much higher in sugar content. Um, also noted are things like uh, watermelons and dates. Um, and I already mentioned about staying away from, uh, from juice. Pure water is always the best choice and make sure that you've got a really high quality water filter. And uh, I've also done interviews with water experts in the past. And I link, um, I'll link in the show notes to a high quality filter as well that you can purchase if you don't already have one, because you want to make sure that it is getting out the chemicals uh, and some of the, you know, the really bad things as well that you want out of your water. Um, some of the heavy metal toxins, everything, because tap water is a big no. Uh, nobody should be drinking tap water. It's uh, it's usually contaminated and uh, they just can't, can't filter as well as they need to these days. And then pipes are often tainted. So always good to have your own filter source that you're you know, confident is doing the right job. Lower glycemic starches, Ezekiel bread, any bread that is sprouted or multigrain. Now, again, you know, I'm a proponent, proponent of staying away from these, these foods, but I'm just going to mention these because they're on the lower glycemic starches. Um, sourdough bread, yeast-free, um, bulgar, wasa crackers, millet, lower carb breads, quinoa, amaranth, they are lower glycemic starches, but again, they should really, really be limited, especially if you're on a uh, candida diet where you're starving out that candida by removing the sugars and the foods that they crave and require to thrive and survive in our bodies. Uh, regular breads will inhibit calcium absorption also, whereas sprouted grains won't. And sprouted breads also have the added benefits of vitamins B and C, but adding butter or olive oil is actually helpful when eating any type of these starches because the fats assist in slowing down blood sugar fluctuations from the bread. So that's just something that can be noted as well. 
Um, and I'll higher glycemic starches that you really want to stay away from things like plain oatmeal, brown rice, um, cereals, they say high fiber cereals, but and like it's better, but all of these are just, you know, not, not so great. Uh, you know, um, you want to avoid, definitely avoid things like bagels, white bread, cakes and cookies, muffins, granola, pretzels, rice. You're probably out there going, Karen, are you kidding me? This is all my kid eats. And I know I hear that all the time. And it's because they are again, craving those sugars, the, the, the processed carbohydrates, these breads and pancakes and rice and all these things turn to sugar in the body. So they're feeding the candida and the yeast in the gut. Now, bad bacteria, I'm going to link to it in the show notes if you haven't already listened to my episodes about candida, because it's so, so important to understand how much that the gut health has to do with it and how much the gut affects the brain and the brain's ability to function properly. Your child's, you know, wild behaviors, aggressive behaviors, um, or complete fatigue or lack of ability to think and learn in a classroom, all of these things are really related to their internal health, which starts with the foundation of the gut and the gut controls the brain and it makes up 80% of the immune system. So it's really, really important to understand how important food is in your life and your child's life and to understand this. So I'm just here to educate you, um, which I think is the key to having the best results for our, our kids and keeping them as healthy as they can be and getting some positive results on the autism recovery process. So again, there's a lot more to this, as you know, it's, you know, there's, there's the heavy metals, you know, done, you know, uh, excreted naturally and safely of, as I've talked about in other episodes, there's the co-infections and there's other things too, but everything begins with diet and begins with the gut. So it's stabilizing the foundation, which helps stabilize detoxification pathways, uh, along with a few other things that are important to do, like supporting the liver, et cetera. And, uh, Again, start please with my uh, my diet um, or my my free guide here, which is just the top seven foods. I try to keep it simple for you. So just if you just can eliminate these top seven foods from your child's diet, it will at least begin to be to help their body have less inflammation and uh, not build opiates, like I mentioned in the body, where they're craving the the foods even more so. And, um, and so you want to reduce those cravings and allow their body to, to start to adjust. And there are ways I've, I've done an episode, um, on reducing picky eating as well that I'll link to in the show notes, because I know that you're thinking, how am I going to do this? If your child is one of those children who very commonly with autism, especially, and, and in today's world, because we're so used to eating carbohydrates, everybody thinks that it's so important to get a lot of them in, but it's not. And we get enough from, you know, our vegetables, a little bit of fruit and uh, nuts and other things that we're eating that are healthy for us. And we're keeping that glycemic index balanced. So again, start with the seven foods guide and I'll link to it in the show notes, but it's at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash seven foods. I hope that this has been helpful for you. I wish you well, and I look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for being here. Oh, and if you get a chance, if you could give me a five-star rating on iTunes or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening to this 
on, it really helps me to reach more people who see that this is something that they might want to listen to if they haven't heard of me yet. And then they can get the resources that they need for their children and their families to help them stay as healthy as well. So if you can do that, I appreciate it. And uh, it keeps us moving strong. So thanks again. And I'll see you soon.